Matt will come to me after a show and he's like, man, that was really inflammatory what you said. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Chad Hawk without Matt Dowd. Yep, that's right. Matt is not in the studio today. And the reason is probably one of the very best reasons you can have. Matt had his first baby. Well, Stephanie had the baby last week and their son Keaton is healthy and well but that's why Matt is going to take a couple of months off from the podcast so he can invest his time energies and efforts into being a dad which is absolutely congruent with his identity in life um Today, I am going to be doing an overview, if you will, over the last few months of podcasts that we've done. There has been so many heavy topics that we've addressed, and we've had a number of questions come in about those very topics. And I think it's important to go through and examine what we've talked about, what's been said, how it's been said, and get some user feedback, get your feedback on on some of these very weighty issues. And um, I think we're going to start with the with COVID because it's the oldest topic so far. Um, and last week we did a series on wearing face masks, the implications, what it means, how it plays out, um, and the the I think the way that um, when we step back and look at this issue, um, wearing face masks may or may not be the most effective way to prevent COVID. The way that people wear them is not the most effective way. And this is, I think, where it's very, very important to understand. Wearing a face mask can is only effective when it's done in a clean way. Most people do not use masks properly. And what I mean by this is it must come from a sterile source before you put it on. You must have clean hands in order to put it on. Once it's on, you can't touch it. You cannot touch your mask anymore or you're contaminating it with whatever your hands have come in contact with. Primarily bacteria, but viruses as well. And if you do, do touch your mask, you need to remove it immediately and put on a clean one. So those are some very basic steps in order to have clean use of face mask. And then there's a number of people out there who should not be wearing face masks. And it can seem at times for contradictory reasons. For example, I can't wear a face mask because I have something called pectus excavatum. It's where your chest goes in. I have a 60% decrease in my lung capacity. So to make that number real for you, remove one of your lungs and then take 20% of your remaining lung away. That's how much air I breathe in a normal, healthy environment. You slap a mask on me, you increase my oxygen, my CO2 concentration, and I get to a very desperate situation very, very quickly. So that's one of the reasons I can't wear a mask, um, even though I'm perfectly healthy and well otherwise. Other people who perhaps they have emphysema or some other issues, um, COPD, uh, congestive heart failure, they also have decrease in lung capacity. And these are people who also can be considered fragile as far as their health is concerned, 
but adding a mask into that mix can make it even worse for them. So it's a difficult balance and it's something that each person needs to consider. The great news about COVID is the numbers are down so much as far as the death rate is concerned. I'm not saying that people are not being infected with it, but asymptomatic tested positive people are through the roof and which is that's actually a really excellent sign because it means that it's the virus has lost its its virility its ability to uh, de debilitate people it's lost its impetus if you will so having an impotent virus um, is a good thing for our culture and our society and the reality is just like with every other viral infection uh, of respiratory nature it's going to come back in the winter in the cold times it does better so the best thing you can do right now make sure you're taking zinc make sure you're taking d3 make sure you're eating well and exercising getting tons of sun during the summer this is the best time to do it right and those are the things you can do to prepare your body to be to adapt to the environment not trying to make the environment adapt to your body and if you remember in the created to be well series that we did i talked about this very idea in life we're way better off if we can create a robust body that can handle the environment in which God's given us to live in versus trying to sterilize an environment that we live in. Because one, one way always is fraught with it, problems and potential errors. I mean, can you imagine trying to create a body that is so sensitive to things you don't, if you don't keep a tightly controlled sterile environment, um, you're, you're liable to get a disease. Well, that's the worst. That's like hell on earth trying to mitigate the external environment because nature wins. Look, if you build a highway and you leave it unkept for a period of 10 years, you're going to come back and there's going to be cracks in the concrete, trees coming up, grass covering it. Nature ends up winning. We can't try and fight that battle. What we have to do is let our nature win the way God made us win. So we don't want to spend any more time on COVID. But before we go to any other topic, um, let's talk about Shenandoah Joe. And this is where uh, I'm, I'm very biased on this, and I freely admit it. But I'm a coffee snob, and I love good coffee. And for the last 14 years... I've got my coffee, maybe longer than that, 15 years, 16. I've got my coffee from Shenandoah Joe, and they sponsor Renegade Atlas. They help make this show possible for us. So if you drink coffee and you consider yourself a coffee, a, a good quality coffee drinker, then you need to order a pound or five of Shenandoah Joe. I personally like the Brazilian Primavera. It's kind of a nice blend between dark and light, and it just has an amazing flavor. Um, when you do order some coffee from them, make sure you use the promo code Renegade. It's how we support our show. You may or may not get a discount. I don't know about that, but that's how they track and they use that to support Renegade Atlas. So thank you, Dave and Christy Fafara, for all you do to help us. So moving on, um, we went from COVID and face masks this year to the whole riot issue that's been occurring um protesting that's been going on you know with george floyd event that occurred in minneapolis which by the way that area has turned into kind of an interesting thing has occurred there at least 
Um, I've heard this confirmed through several sources. I obviously haven't been there myself yet to to know that this is true, but it, apparently there's like this micro revival occurring in that area where ministers are setting up in that that intersection or near that area and people are are coming to a deep and meaningful relationship with with God through that time. I mean, that's the example. I go back and I think about Stephen in the New Testament um, when he was killed by the Jews at the time. They, they stoned him to death and, and they said that his face was like that of an angel. Well, I'm not saying that George Floyd was that of an angel and I'm not saying it is or it isn't. It's just that Stephen became this um, martyr for the faith and that became a, a moment, a marking point, a delineation for, for those who have faith to recognize there's more to this life than just what's right here in front of us. And that's kind of what is happening in, in that little area where there's more to George Floyd's life than what was just his life because he's just like the rest of us, right? He made mistakes. He did things wrong. He, he, he screwed up but he was also saved and that salvation that he had in him has now turned into something that's giving hope to others. It's also caused um, an important defining time in our current culture for us to reevaluate what racism is and what segregation and discrimination and our own hearts, where those things shake out. And we had a number of guests on, we had uh, Maurice Gibbons, we had Mia Ramsey, we had Cal Jones, and we had Mercedes, um, I think I said, Maurice's last name was not Gibbons, it's Mercedes Gibbons, and I cannot off the top of my head remember Marie, uh, Maurice's last name. You have to forgive me for that, Maurice. But uh, we had them on, they're all, they're all products of an inner city life. Um, they're all African-American, so they're all black, and they, they all had, in some ways, shared similar experiences growing up. And they've all gone on to very different places. If you look at Cal Jones, he's an architect in downtown Chicago. You look at Mia, who owns a, a small business and still in inner city Kansas City and is the music pastor at a music minister at a church. Um, you look at Mercedes, who's an investment banker now, works with, I believe, creative planning and helps you earn money and then you have a youth pastor in portland that was maurice so you have a wide variety of people who've come out of similar situations and they all had varying takes on what's occurring and this is where i want to address some of the things that uh for example maurice he talked about the idea of white supremacy and uh if you didn't hear the podcast just full disclosure on this Maurice's mother is white and his father is black. They met when his father was in the Navy and his father wanted him to uh, adopt a more contemporary American lifestyle. And Maurice considered that a white supremacy lifestyle, not in the classic way of thinking of white supremacist being a KKK member, somebody wearing a white hood and uh, lynching people. He didn't mean it that way. It was his way of saying that American culture, the way the education system, the way the mindset, the way culture and society work, uh, he considered that white supremacy. I personally don't agree with that. Um, I think that that is an agreed upon 
way that the majority of people have chosen to comport and conduct themselves. Now, I, I function outside of that. For example, in the education system, um, Kate, my wife and I, we've chosen very intentionally to homeschool our children because we didn't like what was occurring in American in the American education system. I'm not saying teachers were bad, but we, we sent Allie to grade school through fifth grade. And she was in a, let's just call it what it was, is a really wealthy, affluent part of central Virginia in Charlottesville. And we didn't like the attitudes, the actions, the mindset of both the students and the number of the parents. So we made a choice when she went from fifth to sixth grade to extract her from that and begin to pour into her. It was a difficult decision to make. You know, could we do it? Were we qualified? We had all these questions. And now, Allie's, you know, an adult living on her own, doing her thing, owning her own house, has a great job. And our son, Harrison, is now 15. And he had a lot of barriers as a young boy. He was he had dyslexia, dysgraphia. He had a lot of processing problems. He had convergence issues with his eyes. I mean, he had this whole litany of problems. And the only way that he was able to heal and overcome those things, we are convinced, was the a huge amount of attention that Kate was able to pour into his life in these very formative and developing years. Now, we did seek out experts in this field. We traveled across the country finding people who knew what they were talking about and could teach Kate how to help him. That was a huge choice. So we bucked the system. And to this day, we still buck the system. And it's interesting. Now we're circling back to COVID. Because of COVID, we have all these parents who are now considering homeschooling. Well, you know, I remember when people would, I would say we homeschool our kids and they would look at us like we were these crazy people with an extra horn growing out of our forehead or something. And now it's becoming commonplace. It's just bizarre to, to watch this occur over 20 years time. Um, so we did buck the system. I This is where I just disagree with Maurice on this. I don't think it's white supremacy. I think it is what an establishment or promotes as an accepted way that they choose to conduct business, comport themselves, and do things. I don't think it's white supremacy. I mean, you have other countercultural ideas that are from white people, like Montessori schools, private schools, Catholic schools, parochial schools. You see, there's all these other methods of learning that are not just in a white supremacy idea. I mean, that I just think the use of his term white supremacy um, undermines unification. I think that it is an establishment. And this will bring me into the episode that Mia did, where she had brought up some really excellent points about how um, food uh, culturally um, there's not, or in the grocery stores in her area, which is inner city, Kansas city, she doesn't have as access to the same quality of food that she can get uh, a vegetable specifically and, and other fresh food, um, at grocery stores. And sometimes things seem to be more expensive. And I went and I, I went home and I talked to my wife, the example, the exact example she gave on the show was aluminum foil, uh, went up through the roof at her local grocery store during the COVID crisis. And she was very upset about that. And it's rightfully said, it was just one example. And I went home and I spoke to my wife and she had the exact same experience 
uh, in the suburbs where aluminum foil, she had to pay $16 for a roll because we were out. And I think Mia mentioned it was $14. And that's, that is, that's an insane price. But this is where I think if we get so focused in on our own cultures and on in our own places, then we lose track that maybe like this example from Mia, one simple example, but that was across the board because she may have just lived in her neighborhood. She associates that with price inflation or price gouging, perhaps even. And it was in some regards, but it was everywhere. And diet, this is a big problem because the African-American community does not always, culturally at least, may not have the healthiest diet. This is a gross statement. It's not meant for every individual. But typically you see things like diabetes, heart disease, um, much higher, the incidence of stroke, much, much higher in that population base, just like you do in the white population base who has similar diet or lifestyle. And that's because it's a human problem about lifestyle. So there are specific things that individuals brought up. There's a lot of good things that they brought up that we need to talk about. Um, and we did talk about, I think Cal's example that um, he was able, he sees himself as both a mentor reaching out to build uh, to the school age children, teaching them how to eat properly. I mean, that's, I applaud him. So, I mean, I'm a former chef. You bet I applaud his actions in doing something like that. Raise the consciousness of your environment, pour into them and show them what's possible. Teach them how to eat right. Those are hugely important things. Um, Mercedes, when he was in studio, I mean, he just brought so much great information as all our guests did. It's just that when we make statements and we have time to go back and think about it, I say things, Matt will come to me for, here's a great example. Matt will come to me after a show and he's like, man, that was really inflammatory what you said. And I look at him like, what are you talking about? What did I say that was inflammatory? And he'll reflect it back to me. And he'll say, and, and I don't hear it. I, I just don't hear what he's saying. It doesn't make sense what he what he thinks is inflammatory to me. But I listen to him and I have to synthesize it and think about it. And maybe one word was not said and it changed how he felt about something I spoke. And it left him with a very bad taste in his mouth about something I said. Those are things that when we have time to digest them, and that's kind of why I'm going through these, this last um, four or five months of podcasts that we've done, because so much of what we talked about, we haven't had time to reflect on. And so I just think it's an important thing that we reflect on it. So when we talk about what our guests have br brought to the table and we don't have time to go back and dissect it, that's kind of what we're doing here. So when I, mentioned Maurice's comments on white supremacy, we're going through and dissecting. I'm just offering you my opinion. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that there is also another way of looking at it. And maybe there's more than what perhaps you have considered or Maurice has considered, or I have considered. And that um, brings us into like the, what's occurring right now with rioting and protesting. Protesting, I firmly believe in an individual's right to protest protesting is fantastic rioting and looting and destruction 
is absolutely wrong. When you riot, you are creating chaos and you're trying to capitalize on an anarchy moment. And what really is bothering me right now is what's occurring when you, if uh, one group chooses to protest against rioters, the protesting against the rioting group is the one that's being vilified. And they may just be protesting the fact that their neighborhoods are being burned down or take their small businesses are closed. I recently, in fact, it was just this weekend, I received a, a really painful, painful text from uh, a couple that I know that live and work in Portland. And I want to read just some little, little excerpts from what they said. Um, I have a quick question for you. A few years ago, you advised us not to move slash practice in Portland. Just wondering what exactly you were referring to. Was it one, the highly overreaching um, board that was threatening us? <laughs> uh, was it the highly white? Um, let's see, I want to skip that one. Was it the seemingly huge natural health based industry that's surprisingly allopathic in every type of healing art? Was it the highly successful brainwashed population who will listen and do literally anything the authorities say without question while simultaneously revolting against authority? Was it the victim mindset of the local government? Was it because Portland is the bastion of radical left anarchists who burned down their own city just to throw a coal at the president? I was wondering which one of those things you're referring to. And when she sent me this list, I'm not going to use her name, but when she sent me this list, there was much longer one. She's not a, a, a liberal. She's not a conservative. She's just a, a business owner trying to do what she does each and every day. And she, they purchased a, a business. They opened it. They got it up and going. The writing and protesting and the oppressive laws that have come to hold businesses back have caused them to lose their business. They each invested about $250,000 into their education, maybe more. They invested a huge amount into building their business. So they're looking at a combined debt load of maybe five, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000. And it's all been pulled from them when pre-COVID, everything was going great for them. They were thriving and living, but because we have chosen to embrace the idea that writing for the sake of proving a point with no outcome or no desired stand that is going to promote our society is an okay thing. Now that's not acceptable. That's anarchy and anarchy has no place. So what's different about what the uh, what happened during the American Revolution versus what's happening right now? Well, you had about a third of the people who were somewhat ambivalent, about a third of the people who were pro-British, and about a third of the people who were wanting their own nation. The thing was, there was a principle, a principle that was guiding and directing them, not, an, uh, an, not just anger. It was a deep calling in their life to have freedom. A deep calling in their life to have freedom is not what we're experiencing today. Today, people are writing and demanding that the government do things for them that they should be able to do for themselves. And this is really an important idea 
this is an American, more, more of an American notion than it is anywhere else in the world. But having the freedom to have a structure system that allows an individual to fail or succeed is the is part of the human experience safety in growth business life development is not a guaranteed thing but the opportunity to grow the opportunity to fail the opportunity to learn and develop the opportunity for those things is an individual choice that we have. You're not, it's not like communist Russia where you were just designated to be a factory worker. And that was your call in life because that's what the state mandated. That was totally safe, right? You were guaranteed that job. As long as you didn't speak out against the government, you had that job. You would never really advance unless your family members got into the goods with somebody there and they could promote you, you were never really advanced. You were pigeonholed, but it, that was absolute security in your job. You may not have made much money, but you were totally secure in how much you made. You may not have had much food, but you had just enough food so you didn't starve and die. That's what socialism and communism do. And that's what so many people are expecting today in their life. They're expecting the government to do these things for you, like eliminating student loan debt. Well, it's this is a, a big issue. No one made that person go take on student loan debt. So why should the rest of the country pay off that student loan debt for that person who went on their own accord to get their degree in whatever it was. I don't care if it was in um, North African uh, studies of the Ottoman Empire or if it was in engineering or um, French. It doesn't matter what the topic is. You can be totally successful with any topic. But the thing is, they made that choice. And when they made that choice, they made the choice for that investment, the hardship that goes along with the potential payout. I had to do the same thing. Um, I had to make my investment of hundreds of thousands of dollars into my education that I've had to pay off so I could be here today doing what I'm doing. There was no guarantee of success except my own ability to push in, find the right connections and move forward. So when we see rioting and protesting, people wanting to disrupt or destroy historical things, that's actually attacking the bedrock of our nation. I am not saying that people who um, have done bad things should be celebrated, but we've all done bad things. I've lied, I've cheated, I've stolen, I've murdered according to the thoughts that I've had in my head. And all of us, every single one of us are guilty of that. And it doesn't give a pass to evil and deplorable people. What it does is it challenges us to take even a broken heart like we have and find and do something more with it. And if we just continue to push on and make everything safe, we are absolutely in every way will lose our identity. We'll lose what this country is founded on. We'll lose our competitive embedded advantage that we do have a much smaller population birth, uh, um, 
population size compared to, say, China, where we can't control our people the way the Chinese government can. There's no way a two-thirds smaller nation can compete with China in a socialist regime because they're strict communists. Strict communists can make slaves out of your population and they can't do anything about it. Socialism dilutes every, brings everybody to average. And that's the last thing you want. You want the people who have inspiration, who have lightning in a bottle, who have, um, we want the people um, who can push boundaries and try new things and find success. We also want those people to keep trying over and over and over again to find their own joy, their own calling, their own guidance, their own direction and move into that so vital. That's the essence of what it means to be part of this American culture. Is it perfect? Far from it. It is not. It's just what we have right now. And I think we should hang on to it. I think we should hold on to it. Over the next few weeks, we probably will get a few uh, people running for um, elected positions coming on the show. Like we had um, Mike Beeler. You may have loved the show. You may not have loved the show. I don't have a clue. Um, I think he's a pretty good guy. I don't know if I'm going to vote for him or not. That's not the issue. The thing was, we gave a platform where we could hit him with a few important key issues, learn more of who he was, and let you make your own choice. We're not supporting him. We're not supporting any particular candidate. doesn't matter the party. What we're trying to do is allow you to experience these things, test it against what your faith walk is, what your uh, metaphysics, your epistemology, your philosophy on life are, right? Your The aesthetics, the way you let the beauty of your life play out for everyone, highly important things. And that's really where we're going with Renegade Atlas. In fact, we've got some pretty cool things that are going to be happening over the the remainder of this year that as they roll out, I think you're going to be blown away at what's going to be happening. But we do ask, um, number one, that you share these. Matt and I really appreciate it. Um, The only way people hear the show is when you share it. You tell a friend, you tell a coworker, hey, check this out. I think you may like it. That's the only way we make it. And we do this because it's something that God put in our heart and we're following that calling and we hope you appreciate it. Um, Studio will be moving in the next month. Uh, Hopefully that'll make a big impression on you when you listen to the show. It should sound a little bit better. I'm moving my practice uh, across the parking lot to a new space, but we're going to have a dedicated room that will be set up just for recording. And we're going to have, well, we'll see what else happens, but, uh, Let's just say great things are on the way. So as always, if you have any questions, you have any comments, you have any concerns, email us. We really do want to hear your thoughts. It's guide at the renegade atlas.com. You can also go to directly to the website, the renegade atlas.com or check us out on our Facebook page, renegade atlas. Um, you are all loved. You're all appreciated. This is uh, such a great environment for us all to be part of and welcome any thoughts, questions, or ideas that you may have. Thank you so much, everybody. 